Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Let me open uh, by uh, scripture reading on uh, in the gospel of saint mark chapter 1 and verse 17 i'm going to ask my bible reader to get ready mark 1 verse 17. thank you natasha then jesus said to them follow me and i will make you become fishers of men praise god these are the words of jesus and what i want to talk to you tonight is about the invitation of a lifetime the invitation of a lifetime what an honor what a privilege to have the creator of the universe the lord jesus christ the king of kings and the lord of lords to extend an invitation to every single one of us asking us to follow him and in that following, he says, I will make you. Please notice the words, I will make you. What is he going to make us? I believe the kind of people that he created us to be. And uh, we are not yet the finished product. But when he's finished with us, we have received the assurance and the confidence that he will complete the work he hath began within us. Paul, writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church in Philippi, he says the following words in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Let's look at it together, please. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. That tells us that we can be assured that the work the Lord has began within us, when we accepted the invitation to follow him, he will complete that work. If we do not give up, if we do not get discouraged and walk away from him. He says, I'm confident, Paul says, that he who has began a good work in you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus will make you and make me into the person he created me and created you to be. And that is the process. We're not the finished product. We are a work in progress. And we thank God for his work in our lives. That is, as I've mentioned to you, as we continue with him, as we continue our journey, without giving up, without walking away, because we got offended or discouraged, or because of our expectations were not met. If we continue with him, he will finish the work. Here is an exhortation 
that we all need to pay attention to. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Please notice that our journey or our walk with the Lord is one of faith and not of sight. And he encourages us to continue and persevere on this journey, trusting him, believing in him, and continually walking with him and not drawing back. Because those who draw back, he says, he has no pleasure in them. But we are not of those who draw back. As we follow, Jesus said we are being made. We are discipled by him. We are shaped. We are molded into his likeness, like clay in the potter's skillful hands. And that's what Jesus is doing with your life, with my life, as we continue this journey of faith. He molds us. He shapes us. He, he disciples us. He corrects us. He encourages us. He inspires us by the Holy Spirit so that we can continue the walk and continue in the process of being made the kind of people that he intended us to be. So, as you see, in the process of this molding, of this following Jesus, we get to think like him. We get to talk like him, love like him, and ultimately walk like him. And that's the ultimate goal of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to mold us and make us into his own image where we want what he wants, we pursue what he pursues, we believe what he believes, and we love what he loves, and we hate what he hates. So the journey is long. We need to understand that. And most times, the journey is challenging, and according to the word of God, it is filled with tests, with trials, and yet richly rewarding and fulfilling. In the book of Acts, the apostles, Paul and Barnabas, the, the scripture says that they strengthened the souls of the new disciples by exhorting them to continue in the faith. And this is what they say to them. Acts 14.22 We must through many tri tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Amen. This is how the apostles encouraged and exhorted the new believers, saying to them to continue in the faith, and they must remember that they will go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. Notice that we must go through these tribulations. 
We can't avoid them. We can't go around them because it is part of our training and part of our molding into his likeness. You know, we understand that Paul and Barnabas didn't preach to them a sugar-coated gospel, as you can see, but one that included a measure of suffering and, and trials and tests and tribulations. Many who originally believed the gospel fell away when they faced difficult and challenging times because they were not warned and they were not prepared for such times. They had some false expectations. Following Jesus is not a bed of roses. It is not a comfortable journey, yet one that is very rewarding and fulfilling. And so because these believers were not taught properly, they were not grounded properly, they fell away when difficult times, when challenging times, when tests and tribulations came the way. They are like the ones that Jesus said, if you recall, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, when Jesus spoke about the parable of the sower, they are the ones when they received the word or the gospel, the Bible says they received it with gladness and joy. But when affliction and persecution arose for the word's sake, they fell away. And the reason being is because they have no depth of knowledge, they had no depth of understanding the gospel the true gospel the whole gospel and as a result they walked away when they were tested and when they were tried now here is the difficult part i believe of following the lord how do you follow someone you cannot see someone you do not fully know nor fully understand don't you think it's a good question? How do you follow someone who is not easily found? Someone who particularly likes to hide himself in parables and often comes to us in unexpected forms and packages. How do you follow the person of the Holy Spirit and surrender your entire life to him? to be governed by him when you do not see him and you cannot perceive his ways, his thoughts with your physical senses. And I, you know, there are times in my early walk with the Lord that I ask these, how does, why does God make it so difficult for us to find him and follow him in paths we have not been before? I, I know I have asked that question, and this is the answer I got. Those who truly long for the Lord, those who passionately desire His presence, will find Him. Only those who truly desire to follow the Lord, only those who long to walk with Him, to fellowship with Him, to be taught by him and they truly hunger and thirst for righteousness jesus said those are the ones that will find those are the ones 
that will uh, that will find the path to life. And here is a words from the Lord Jesus that encourages us. Luke 11, verse 9 and 10. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Here you see. The Lord is exhorting us not to remain passive when it comes to this journey of faith, to knowing the Lord intimately and to walk with him. He says, ask, seek, knock. He wants us to engage with him in a meaningful way, engage with his word, ask questions, seek his presence. Knock the door of his grace and mercy. Because if you ask, he says, you will receive. What happens to those who don't seek? They don't find. Those who don't knock, the door will not be open. You see, the Lord encourages us to engage with him, to engage with his word, to engage with his spirit so that we can find so that we can receive from him the very things that we need in order to follow him as we should. I recall years ago when God called us out of Zimbabwe into South Africa. And for a brief period of time, when we moved out of Zimbabwe, we stayed in Johannesburg, I think for 12 to 15 months, because I wasn't sure where exactly God wanted us to throw roots. He said, go south, but he did not specify the city or the place. And I began to seek God and I sought him for months. And for a while, I did not get clear direction. And then I said to the Lord, Lord, why don't you give me your plan so clear for 10 years down the road? Then I know exactly where to put my feet. I know exactly where to go. And the Lord said, if I did that, you will not walk by faith, but you will walk by sight. And besides that, he said, if I give you this plan all in 10 years, for 10 years, where you will be, what you will do, you're going to end up trusting in yourself and in your own abilities, not trusting in my grace. I want you to come and seek me. I want you to search for me. I want you to seek my wisdom and my guidance. And I want that because I long for your presence. I long for your fellowship. I long to communicate with you on a daily basis. Well, ultimately, after seeking the Lord and praying and endeavoring to discern, and sometimes with fasting, I got the clear direction that Johannesburg was not the destination. Cape Town was the city that God wanted us in. Now, if I had not sought the Lord and assumed that that is where he wanted us, I would have missed the purposes of God. I would have missed the plan of God altogether. Amen. Are you with me? We. This is a walk of faith. God will give you only as much as you are able to receive. If he gave you the whole plan all at once, you will choke on it. You will walk away. But he does it step at a time, 
a little here, a little there, just enough to know where to put our feet next. Are you with me? That's why sometimes it's so difficult to discern and to know what does God want me to do? What, what is his plan for me? And these are things that cannot be perceived by our physical senses. These are spiritual things. These are things that are hidden in the mind of God, in the heart of God, in the plans and purposes of God for your life. That is why we need to seek him. And he says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You see, this is, this is the walk of life. This is a journey of, of incredible uh, adventure as we follow the Lord. Amen? Now, there are, I want to I share with you three primary ingredients that we must obtain for every season and for every stage in our life. You know, we live life in seasons, in stages. And for every season, God has a specific wisdom and knowledge and understanding in order to successfully follow him without being distracted and without being, um, um, how can I put it, without being, without getting lost on the way. And here they are. These are the primary things that we must obtain. Wisdom, number one, wisdom from God, knowledge, and understanding. The Word of God says that these are the true riches in God's estimation, and they are not material things. All three of them are spiritual. To possess them, to obtain the wisdom and the depth of knowledge that is required, we need to be diligent in our seeking, disciplined in prayer, in the study of the scriptures. We need to be temperate the Bible says, in all things and fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. This is the reason Jesus said the following in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. But there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Jesus made it very clear here that only few will find the path to life because few are willing to pay the cost for such a walk with Jesus. One cannot take many things on this journey because the gate to the kind of life that Jesus offers is very narrow. And oftentimes, we have to leave things behind. Are you listening to me? What things are we talking about? There are habits that do not conform to the image of the Lord Jesus. Attitudes. Sometimes friends and associations that don't fit 
with the plan that God has for us on this journey. We must leave them behind or else the Bible says they're going to weigh us down and trip us up on this journey. So there is a measure of sacrifice if we desire to finish the race successfully. And remember, many began well, but they didn't end up well. So it's not how you begin this race or this path or this journey that Jesus said, follow me. It's how we finish with him. That's what matters and that's what counts. The one person we are instructed to deny the most on a daily basis is ourselves. Our carnal desires, our selfish ambitions. And Jesus said, this is a prerequisite for all who desire to follow Jesus. Listen to what he said in Luke 9, verse 23 and 24. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is a prerequisite for every believer who desires to follow Jesus. And the hardest battles I fought in my journey of faith, in my journey with the Lord, as I endeavored to follow the Lord, the hardest battles I fought and continue to fight is with myself. What do I mean by that? With my, my own will, my own ambitions, sometimes my own opinions. And through the years, though, it has become easier because I learned to rely more and more on the Holy Spirit. And that's something we need to learn because flesh and self cannot deny self. We need a higher power to enable us to deny our very own selves. And your, your journey, especially for those who began the walk recently, it's going to be difficult and painful sometimes. But if you desire to follow the Lord, he will grace and empower you to do that. And expect, you must expect this, that often the Spirit of God will clash with your dreams. He will clash with your comfort and with your sinful habits. He will cross your will. He will cross the desires of the flesh. And if you will allow him, he will empower you to crucify them. And this is what the Bible refers to, the discipline of the Lord. And this is so important for us to understand that God's discipline is not rejection. It is evidence of his love toward us. And so let's go through this passage and look at it together and learn from it. Thank you, Natasha. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. 
you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be, dis be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us, as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no, cha no, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Amen. Thank you, Natasha. Here is an important thought that we must always remember. God loves us unconditionally. We come to him as we are. When we put our faith in Christ and his finished work on the cross, the Bible says we are accepted in Christ Jesus and we are adopted into the family of God. But when we come into his family, into his kingdom, we become sons and daughters of the living God. He does not leave us the way we are. That is why he administers discipline, correction, rebuke, exhortation, often. Why? So that he can train us and bring us to a place, the Bible says, that we become partakers of his holy nature. That's the ultimate goal of discipline, of correction, and even the Bible talks about chastening. Amen? There, is, there, there comes a time where God will begin to point his finger on our character, on our attitude, on our habits. And he, he, he gives us his word. And through the word, he brings conviction. He brings correction. And so if we're not open to that, we will not be able to, 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 to reach our destination or where he wants to take us. And we see many examples in scripture when people rejected the discipline of the Lord, they could not enter into the promised land. They could not achieve the best and the highest that God has in store for them. They end up wandering around and around in the desert and never reaching the destination. I have learned that when God corrects me, or disciplines me is because he loves me and we need to understand that and have a revelation of that he loves me therefore he will not leave me as I am remember 
Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. Amen? Being made into his image involves correction, discipline, molding. Amen? And often a rebuke. And so we need to receive that in the Lord as part of our training and as part of, of the formation of our character. God is more interested in our character development than in the provision of our comfort. Amen? And so when we go through challenging times or times of discipline, we should humble ourselves. That's the way, the right posture, and say, Lord, here I am. I humble myself before you. I submit to your discipline. Teach me. Guide me. Do not leave me as I am. And as we pray that in sincerity and truth, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comforts us and empowers us and enables us to be trained by the discipline. And afterwards, we receive, as the scripture says, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And that's an important statement. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.